Great. Good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's great to be with you this morning and uh, to spend this time with you. Uh, what a cold weekend. I hope you had some soup. Um, I don't personally like soup so much. Um, I think it is... Uh, no, let me not go there. Um, I don't think it's real food. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I don't think soup is real food. Let's just get that out of the way, okay? So, but if, if you like soup in the winter, great. Um, I don't um, like movies and hot chocolate. <laughs> Good morning from my side. It's so great to be with you. My name is Rudo, if you don't know me. Um, I'm part of the eldership and pastoring team here at Every Nation Linwood. And our senior leader, Dani, and some of the elders are on leave um, this week, and um, it's school holidays, and I hope some of you are also having an opportunity to rest over this, this holiday time, and um, yeah, we've been uh, through quite a fast first six months to the year, right? And, um, and I pray that you will also be, um, just experience some rest over this time. Um, we had a beautiful funeral service, memorial service on Thursday morning for, for Antoinette, one of our elders, um, Louis de Brain. His, uh, his wife passed away um, two weeks ago, and so on, on Thursday we had a, a funeral service, memorial service, and such a beautiful, just a testimony of God's um, just faithfulness, his, um, his love towards his people, um, and just the way that she also honored, um, you know, many people and served many people. And it was just a beautiful moment. So I just wanted to mention that to you. Right. Apart from that, we uh, finished with a, sermon, with a sermon series on God's faithfulness. And over this holiday period, maybe some of you are having holidays, some of you don't. doesn't matter. We are starting a new sermon series today. It's, it's an expository sermon series, what we call it, um, because we're going to work through a, a certain book in the Bible. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to take, to take out your Bible. And, um, and we're going to go through this letter Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church. So the first book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. Um, and we're going to call this sermon series Our Future Hope because you'll see um, this, these words, faith, love, hope, all over this letter written in bold and, um, and Paul almost encouraging the church of Jesus' future return, holding on to the future hope that we have in Jesus. All right, so that's basically what, what we're going to do. And so today we are going to look at the first chapter. So we're going to take a chapter for chapter. And you're welcome to, you know, take, take the courage, take the challenge to read uh, through the, this letter, even take the second letter, read through these two letters at home, um, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as we are going to preach into this, um, this word. And so I titled this message, Simply Thank You. Thank you. And so may these words just um, resemble into your spirit this morning. Um, I want to tell you this story. In 2009, a few years back, um, as a young man, I, 
I, I did some dumb things, and one of them was I went to live in Mozambique for two years, unsupported. And so, um, so there was a mission station sort of there in the middle of, or there is a mission station still, they're still there, um, sort of in the middle of Mozambique. It's quite high up, uh, the Gorongosa province. And uh, many of the people there, they rely heavily on, um, you know, maize and the plants that they plant. They, they, they don't, many of them don't even go and buy food. They just live from the ground. And so that specific year, there was quite a, a famine. There was a quite a, a severe drought, and that caused a famine. And many people went hungry. And so by the time that I got there, and this was going on for, for a few um, weeks already, and there's not a lot that you can do, because there's quite a lot of people, it's a big region, and you don't even know even where all the people are staying, because it's quite deep into the bush, but we had some, some, some financial support, we got some financial support to buy maize from local uh, resellers, um, and so we, we made these little bags um, of maize, I think, um, not even a, kil- a kilogram, maybe 500 grams of maize bags. And then we would go into the, into the bush and we would go and give to local people who do not have food, just, you know, just to relieve um, and give them food for maybe two or three days. And so we did this a couple of times and it's not like the people expected us to do that. It's not like we had to do it. We just did it. Because people were hungry. They were suffering. And so we went in and as we would go, they would say, thank you. Thank you. Not, you didn't have to do this, but you did. Thank you. That, that's all that they could say. That's, that's all that they had is just a mere thank you. And so when we look at this first letter of Thessalonians, there's this overwhelming theme that comes out in the first three chapters of thankfulness. Not from the people, I want you to see this, not from the people, but from the, from the leadership towards the people. So let's read 1 Thessalonians 1. It says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. There it is, we give thanks to God. The key verse this morning, verse 3, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in holy and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. He's saying this. And you became imitators of us. And of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, persecution, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, verse 7, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. 
For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and, and, and in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he has raised from the dead, Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. Jesus, I pray that this picture that you have created in this chapter, Lord, may, may we be blessed this morning. May we be encouraged this morning, Lord, by this word I pray in Jesus' name. Now, for you to fully understand this, um, this message in this, not only this book, but in this chapter, we have to go back a few books, chapters, we have to go back a little bit, right? So just to understand this message, because it's a very important message that you have to understand this morning, that is an encouragement to you, amen? And so let's go a, three, a few chapters, books back, we have to go back all the way to Acts 15. If you want, you can follow me, but I'm, I didn't put that on the board, I, I've put um, maps for you, right? So there's the maps. So if you wanna if you wanna know where's Paul's letters, Paul wrote to the Roman church right up there, the Thessalonians, the Corinthians, the Philippians, the Ephesians, the Galatians, and the Colossians. That's the seven churches Paul wrote to, right? So if we go all the way back to Acts 15, that was the Jerusalem Council right here at the bottom in Jerusalem. The 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 apostles gathered the elders, the apostles, and some of the missionaries together and say, we have to answer this question. Can Gentiles be saved? Can they receive salvation? And the overwhelming um, answer was yes, they can. Right? So that was the whole discussion. You can go and read this on your own time. There were certain requirements. If you read um, Acts 15 verse 29, um, that they just said, they can, the Gentiles can receive salvation. They can receive the, the, um, the, the good news of the gospel through Jesus. It's not just for the Jews. It is for the Gentiles as well. There's just certain requirements. So you can go and read those requirements in Acts 15 verse 29. Um, don't turn to idols. Don't eat certain things. Um, I think, and one was, don't... Um, enhance sexual immorality. Be careful for that. So certain requirements, right? So then they said, the missionaries, you can go into the Gentile world and you can go and evangelize, share the gospel. So Paul and Barnabas went. At that stage, they separated um, with each other. So Paul went this way, he went north. So if you want to see, Paul went all the way up all the way through, through Asia Minor, all the way there to Ephesus. Um, and uh, that was Paul's missionary team. He had Silas with him. He had Timothy with him. And there's a debate, but we think that he had Luke with him as well because he recorded everything. Right? So that was Paul's missionary team. They went up north. Barnabas went a separate way. And they evangelized. They started evangelizing into this Gentile world, but they almost felt like the Holy Spirit saying to them, don't evangelize in Asia Minor. 
And so that if you go and read then Acts 16, um, Paul got this, this message in, in verse, um, verse 8 and 9. They went down to Troas. You'll see Troas. Just go to the next slide. Yes, Troas, right there, Asia. So it's zoomed in a little bit more. Troas, Paul was there. And the, the verse in chapter 16, uh, verse 8 and 9 says, They went down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, Macedonia was the, the, the region across from Asia, which is now Europe, right? And so they were saying, Come to us. We need some help. And so immediately, the, 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 mis- the missionary team went over to Macedonia area, all right? And they, they first encountered Philippi. Do you know the Philippians later? Oh, Paul loved the Philippians. Almost this first major city that he encountered with the Gentiles, starting to evangelize and many things happening. And if you go and read the Philippian letter, it's almost like if, you know, Paul, because of the the requirements, addressed sexual immorality in six of the seven letters that he wrote to the churches, except Philippi. Like he loved the Philippians. He, he, their moral standards were high. He, he thanked them from his own personal conviction, saying that, I thank you. Um, uh, you are always in my prayers. It's a much different letter than the one he wrote to the Thessalonians. He almost wrote out of his personal, um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, office or pen or something. So they saw great miracles in Philippi. And they were almost also killed in Philippians through the, by the Philippian people. And then um, they left that place for another urban Macedonian city, Thessalonica. Thessalonica. And then we read in Acts 17 verse 1, it says... Paul and Silas traveled and came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue and according to his usual habit, his custom was to go to the, to the synagogue and, and then he started to evangelize then from there, open doors happening to the Gentile world. So he started always with the Jews going to the Gentiles, right? And so during three Sabbaths, there we get the time that he spent in Thessalonica, three Sabbaths, so he was there for three weeks. That's all he had, three weeks. He held discussions with the people, quoting and explaining the scriptures, and proving from them that Jesus had to suffer and rise from death. This Jesus, whom I announced to you, Paul said, is the Christ. Some of them were convinced and joined Paul and Silas, and so did many of the leading women. So there were some wealthy leading women, and they joined the the, the fellowship and a large group of Greeks who worshipped God. So there we see almost like an explosion, a mini-explosion happening in Thessalonica in three weeks. In three weeks. And the church was planted. But then some jealous Jews, they, they outed them to the authorities. And this, remember, this is um, 
Greco-Roman territory. They were ruled by the, the, the Romans, but many Greeks, they almost worked together. And so they had many idols, and Caesar was the king. And so if we read verse 7, um, these Jews, these men would go and say to the, to, to the authorities, um, they are acting against the decrees of Caesar, verse 7, in chapter 17. And that there is another king, Jesus. And so they didn't like this. But that was why there was so much persecution. Because the message of the gospel was that there's another king. There's a different king. It is not Caesar. And that didn't sit well with Caesar. So they would persecute the Christians. And so persecution started happening. And so after three weeks they kicked Paul out him and his missionary team, and then they went from there, they went to Berea, you'll see under Thessalonica, Berea, then they went down to Athens, and then they ended up in Corinth, and Paul spent quite some time in Corinth. And so while he was in Corinth, he wrote this letter. He wrote Thessalonica. He wrote to or Thessalonians. He wrote it to the Thessalonian people. In, um, in, in around 51 AD after Jesus died. And so he wrote to a young, inexperienced fellowship of believers in the city of Thessalonica, many of whom were Gentiles, right? They, they didn't have the theology. They didn't have all the examples of faith. They were inexperienced. They were young and so um, Timothy was later sent back to go and encourage the church and almost compile a report. And you'll see the report um, in Thessalonians. In this first letter, you'll see the report of Timothy um, in chapter 3. And we'll get to that later in the series. But Paul almost needing, he had to compile a report to bring back to Paul and say, you know, what's going on? You know, go and encourage the people. Bring back the report. What's going on there? And so some of the members of this congregation had lost, obviously, relatives because of the persecution. If you say we are now um, following Jesus, the new king, not Caesar anymore, they were like, well, then we kill you. And so many of the fellowship had lost family members, and so they had questions about death and about the end times, about Jesus' teachings about the end times, eschatology, the study of the end times. And this is Paul's extensive letters. In all of his letters, he wrote the most about eschatology, end time studies in Thessalonians. And so we'll get to all of that. Because the, these guys had questions. They were young in their faith. They were seeking answers to questions about hope and holiness. You'll see this all over, the, over the, this, um, this letter. And so Timothy brought some, some of these questions and this report back to Paul. And he said to him, listen, listen to what Timothy said to Paul. He said, amid their persecutions by the authorities, amid their hostility from family members. If, if you um, turn to Jesus and you're the only one in your family who did this, your family would reject you. 
He said, amid the isolation from neighbors, almost rejecting you for choosing Jesus, in the midst of terrible, terrible circumstances, the bruises and the lashes, the rejection and the depression, and many questions. Listen, Paul, they are keeping their faith. They are keeping, they are keeping their faith. You spent so little time with them. You thought they were not going to make it, but they're keeping their faith. And the fellowship are continuing to grow. They did, not, they, they did your work, the work of the Lord. They are doing it. And they became famous for their works of faith. As we read in 1 Thessalonians 1. They became famous throughout the region. The region of Macedonia and Achaia. Not just in Thessalonica or in Berea. No, this whole region. They became famous for how they are keeping their faith. And in response, Paul wrote to them to encourage their faith, their love, their hope, their holiness in the midst of heavy persecution. He inspired hope and confidence and holiness by the return of Jesus, by saying, Jesus is coming, is your future hope, hold on to him. And lastly, also addressed eschatology, the studies of the end times, and we'll get to that in a few weeks. But in this first chapter, in this first three chapters of this letter, the overwhelming theme is thankfulness. Thankfulness. You pick it up. If you look for it, you'll pick it up. You, 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 can, you can almost sense how, how this leadership cannot believe that they have made it. <laughs> They were kicked out of the city. They spent there for three weeks. They didn't know if they were going to make it. And they did. And so this was arguably, many people debate this, many theologians debate that, but there's, there is overwhelming evidence that this was Paul's first letter. The very first letter that he wrote. He, didn't, he maybe didn't even know how to write the letter yet. But when he wrote, he was like, I cannot believe this. Thank you. Thank you for making this. He thanked them. Verse 2. We, th- we give thanks to God always for all of you. Constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith. Thank you for your work of faith and your labor of love. Thank you for your labor of love and and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and encouragement. We're saying we see, we see this, we acknowledge this. The way that you show your faith towards other people's being an example. The way that you love God. The way that you hold on to the hope. Even though that you've never even met Jesus. You are just going on our word and thank you for being steadfast in your hope. Can you see this? And then Paul continuously connect verse 3 the rest of the chapter of this first chapter look at verse 8 
Thank you for your work of faith to others. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, and you've seen that how big those regions are, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Thank you. Thank you for keeping the faith. And I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit wants to tell you, this church, this morning. The message this morning to you is, thank you. An encouraging message of, you could have been anywhere this morning, but you are here. Thank you. Thank you for being an example to your friends and your family at your work, at your school, at your university. Thank you for your patience in traffic. <laughs> Some is like, not me. <laughs> Thank you for your kindness in the shops. Thank you for your grace at work. Thank you for being faithful in your marriage. Many of you sitting here are married. And you know, marriage is not easy, always. There's times that it's difficult. But marriages are, are the, the building blocks. It's, the, it's the, the fortresses, almost I want to say, of a community. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for choosing one wife. Thank you for choosing one husband and sticking with that person. Thank you this morning that we can look at your marriage for years for being faithful to one another. Thank you for raising your children. Thank you this morning for being faithful with your children, for having them here at church and letting them experience children's church. Thank you for bringing them to church and telling them about Jesus. I want you to experience how Jesus is saying this morning to you, thank you. He's, he's going on and he says, thank you for your labor of love towards God. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Thank you this morning for your conversion. Thank you that you decided not to follow the world and, and all the idols of this world. Thank you this morning that you choose Jesus, that you have salvation in him. Thank you for accepting Jesus, the one who died on the cross and who rose three days later. The gospel. Thank you for choosing the gospel. Thank you for following and loving him. Thank you for sharing and serving Him. Year in, year out, Yaku. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being an example for doing this, Phil. Thank you this morning. Can you experience how Jesus is saying thank you to you? That you are doing this. That you are keeping the faith. Thank you for the times in prayer. I see it. Thank you for the tears that you cry in your 
private and personal place. I see your prayers this morning. I hear your prayers. Thank you. Thank you for understanding when the answer is sometimes no. Thank you for fasting. Thank you for reading your Bible and for coming to church. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for backing out. Thank you guys there at the back. Thank you for the band. Thank you for the logistics, for the power team. Thank you. Can you experience how Jesus is saying thank you to you? Thank you for your endurance and your labor. And then he says, thank you for your steadfastness of hope in Jesus. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Thank you for accepting the truth in Jesus, our hope. Truth is not always easy to accept. It isn't. This world throws so much lies to us. Can you experience how Jesus is thanking you for choosing truth? And thank you for your continuous repentance. That you take that truth and not just keep it at truth, but for repenting for the things that's not right in your life. Thank you for, for your repentance of sins. Thank you for rising up in faith and for your growth. We see this. We see your growth in faith. Thank you for seeking me. Thank you for holding on to your future hope. Jesus, I take notice of what you had to give up. Thank you. And so then he, he, he almost encouraged this church with a practical encouragement, a practical application in verse 5. And he says, I want to encourage you to continue. You can do this. The gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Paul inspired them to continue to hold on to our future hope through word, through the written word of God. Come on, continue to read your Bibles. Continue to find truth. Encourage them to, to not just say things, but to walk in power because we have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is with you. He's guiding you. He's leading you. He's with you. You can do this. And He's encouraging them with the full conviction. The conviction that you have in your spirit. That knowing between right and wrong. That knowing of I'm following Christ. That knowing of I need to come to church. I need to spend time with Jesus. I need to read my Bible. I need to make right with my husband. With my wife. It's a full conviction inside of our spirits. That Jesus is saying hold on to that. Thank you for that. Do not let it go. Do not let it go. So let me pray for us as I want to continue this morning. End of this morning, sorry. When I prepared this message, I, I saw this picture in my spirit of 
Jesus this morning coming to sit next to you, not because you are weak or because you are at a desperate place, just coming to sit next to you, put his arm around you, look you in the eyes and say thank you. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for following me. Thank you for believing that I did die on the cross. That I did gave my life. And that I did rise up three days later for this gospel to change the world. And here you are and you are still sharing it. You are still serving me. You are still loving me. You are still holding on to this hope, to this faith. Thank you. So Jesus, this morning, as we're going to also spend time with you in communion, I pray, Lord, that each one will have this full conviction this morning, Lord, that you love us, that you are proud of us, that you are proud of this church, Lord. The testimony of this church, Lord, is, is churches, other churches that's been planted from this church. The example is throughout this region, Lord. Their example of faith, of hope, of love is throughout this Pretoria region. And this morning you come, Lord, and you say, thank you. Thank you for holding on. May this letter encourage you. May this word encourage you. May as you're going to spend time with me in communion, remember me. Yet again, remember me. Remember that I gave my body for you that I broke my body for you, that my blood flowed for you. And so as, um, as we're going to enjoy communion this morning, I want you to take the, the, uh, the elements this morning and, and you can, um, there's a table there at the back, there's a table here in the front, you can come and help yourself. And I just want you this morning to just spend time with Jesus and, as you are um, hearing these words over your life this morning, Jesus thanking you for your faith in Him, will you just also thank Him and remembering Him for giving His life, for breaking His own body, for His blood that flowed for us, just thanking Him as we keep holding on on our faith. Amen. You're welcome to come and join in the communion.